The name of the show is I'm Not a Comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce, Ronnie Marmo, coming back to Chicago to do it again at the North Shore Center for Performing Arts. Actually, it's in Skokie. And Ronnie, welcome back to Chicago. Hey, Steve. Thank you. I'm so excited. I love it. Well, actually, you're not in Chicago right now. You're in Southern California. And before we talk about Lenny Bruce, I want to talk about the weather where you are in Southern California. Where are you and how bad is it? I'm I'm now the uh, hippy-dippy weatherman reincarnated <laughs> through Lenny Bruce and Ronnie Marmo. I, uh, we, we, we're in a hurricane, a uh, slight little hurricane. And what's really the cherry on top is my daughter just got engaged. And today is her engagement party outdoors. And she said, we're not canceling it. And so we're, we're just getting to her place uh, outdoor in the hurricane engagement party. And the tent she rented, she thinks, will hold up and be enough. I hope so. What city are you in? Uh, I think we're, in, we're basically in Orange County. I live in Los Angeles, but we came down to Orange County. And we just did a Laguna Playhouse. We did Lenny last night, last couple of nights. And it was just right up the block from the engagement. So it was very convenient. And, uh, you know, listen, I'm a dad. Whatever my daughter wants, we do. That's the way it works. Yeah, but I want to know how bad it is weather-wise there. Has the rain begun? Oh, yeah, it's raining pretty good. But, listen, for East Coasters or Chicagoans, this would be kind of silly. Uh, And, you know, they make a big thing out of it. But let's see. Hopefully this will be just some rain and it'll move past. But it hasn't been really windy yet. So we, I think they said around 2.30 or so it'll hit over here. So we'll see. All right. Well, that's 2.30 your time. Right now in Chicago, it's 2.38. And yes, you are coming back. And you are coming back, though. You're teasing us a little bit because I think you're coming back only for one night. Well, two shows one day. I'm doing a doubleheader on September 9th, a matinee and an evening. But I'm so thrilled because we're kind of passing through. We're on tour now. And when the opportunity came up to come back to the good folks of Chicago, I, uh, you know, I left a big piece of my heart there. So I was like, yes, please. And so it's a 900-seat theater, which is probably one of the reasons we're only doing a few shows, but it's going to be beautiful. And, and the town of Skokie, I can't wait. So. All right. Now, lots here. So I was looking for a clip. You heard the clip that I chose. Uh, and, you know, we just went to YouTube and, and looked for something where I could play Lenny Bruce. Now, I had a couple of issues. One is that some of what he said I could never play on the radio even today. <laughs> So so those got knocked out of the box. But some of what he said was just not funny anymore. It might have been at the time. And it not it's not necessarily it wasn't offensive. It was just like, I don't get it. You know, so maybe maybe back then well, people did. Well, yes and no. I mean, here's the thing. There's a reason my play's called I'm Not a Comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce. He was so much more than a comic. Um, and he he was a smart comic and really got to a point. You know, and, and he was finding his voice as he went along. He never did the same routine twice the same way. So I often hear that if people find Lenny Bruce on their own, there's a chance they'll miss it. But if they find Lenny Bruce through me and this show and then go out and do their homework, they'll totally get what the whole thing was about. And so that's exciting to me is like I'm a nice introduction to who Lenny was. And then off you go on learning really about the man. But if you stumble upon Lenny, you might miss some of the magic of what it actually was and how important it was and sadly how timely it still is today. You know. Well, a groundbreaking comedian. And, and uh, I, I recall once having a conversation with Joan Rivers where I asked her this 
typical question that people like me ask. Who were you most influenced by? And I don't know what I thought she would say, but instantly the answer to this question, I'm sure she had been asked thousands of times, was Lenny Bruce. And I uh, watched an interview with George Carlin where he said the same thing. And I've seen other comedians say the same thing. What was it about him that made him so influential to an entire generations of uh, generation, but probably generations plural of comedians that have followed? Well, because Lenny uh, paved the way. He was the first comic to get on stage and not have a set routine. He uh, he was just discussing things and topics that were you know taboo publicly, and certainly he was the first guy to do that. And he didn't apologize for it. In fact, he paid the ultimate price. Eventually, you know, he died at forty of an overdose. But, you know, Phil Spector had a great line. He said, Lenny Bruce died of an overdose to the police. So he basically sacrificed everything so comedy, so comics can do what they do today. And I know Jim, Joan Rivers specifically said Lenny was, you know, the most influential and the most sexy man she ever saw in her life. So <laughs> she was really, she was taken by Lenny. But, but so was everybody else. You know, in terms of Carlin, Lenny basically handed the microphone directly to Carlin. You know, he picked up the... Uh, Patan, as it was, and uh, and continued the the the, uh, the fight. George never had to do any jail time, but you remember the seven dirty words and all that. So yeah. George really continued on in Lenny's name, and uh, Lenny changed the way we do comedy. Lenny changed uh, changed everything, and was willing to fight for it all the way to the end. Well, I've know? got another reason to come out and see Ronnie Marmo now. So if indeed. Dude, you what? haven't seen the show yet? Oh, yes, I did. I, I, just, oh, yeah. Just, so on. just so follow on. my thoughts here. Uh, yeah, I saw okay. it when you were in Chicago last time. Uh, Do it. If indeed you are that Lenny Bruce was the sexy comedian, now we've got another reason to go see you because you clearly then are the sexiest guy <laughs> playing the comedian, right? Well, my wife thinks I'm handsome. I don't know who else does, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to give I don't want to give away the opening of the play. But let's just say, uh, and I know you've seen it, but but it's a pretty shocking opening. And uh, let's just say that if you, if you sit house right, the mystery might be over. <laughs> why we'll was leave it at that. why did, did Lenny Bruce actually go out on stage thinking I want to shock people or was it just this thing to talk about what he talked about and people were shocked about it he was a genuine comic he never wanted to shock anybody uh, he just wanted to talk about and examine things and issues he wanted to hold the mirror up to society and say but why this why that you know and, and so no, he didn't plan on shocking. That's why some of these comics today are screaming about free speech, and I understand, of course, and I support them. Uh, you know, comedy clubs should remain free speech zones for sure, so I support them. But they're really not in any legal trouble. The bottom line is if you don't like a comic, don't go buy a ticket, you know. Uh, so, but Lenny was not a shock-for-shock shock value comic, no. He just spoke the truth, and, you know, there's always that first guy to, you know, there's a line in the sand and somebody steps over it. And now there's a new line. And Lenny was the guy willing to do that. If there's a Lenny Bruce today, do you think that might be Dave Chappelle? Absolutely. I mean, Chappelle is a perfect example of a guy who's still telling his truth. I don't think Chappelle sits home and goes, let me see how controversial I can be. I think Dave's just talking and telling his truth. And, you know, he's a funny person with a funny mind. Whether you agree or not agree with every single joke he tells, 
that's not the point, you know. So, yeah, Chappelle's on that list. Darius Silverman's on that list. Uh, Chris Rock's on that list. Tons of people. Um, you know, even Louis, C- Louis C.K., one of our great comedic minds. I mean, he very much felt like a Lenny Bruce to me in a lot of ways. So, hmm. yeah. I, I was As I was going through YouTube videos, I saw Lenny Bruce uh, with <laughs> Hugh Hefner in a live show, and they were just chatting. And, of course, Lenny Bruce was funny, but is that when Lenny Bruce was at his best, when he was just having a conversation, whether it be with Hugh Hefner with TV cameras pointing at them, or whether it be in front of a live audience? Yeah, you saw Playboy After Dark. That was a huge show, and Lenny was his first guest. Uh, And there was that whole shtick about the sneezing and the nose. Yes. Uh, Yeah, Lenny was uh, absolutely what you got in his living room is what you got on stage. You know, and and he just was there. He, he and Hugh Hefner were actually very close. I have a personal letter that was given to me by Kitty Bruce of uh, a letter that Lenny wrote Hugh Hefner thanking him for some of the money for the uh, for his, his lawyer fees and all that. So it was uh, they were really close friends. And so, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. He was the same guy on and off the stage. Well, I want to talk about that relationship you have with Kitty uh, Bruce. Uh, and and the fact that she says, yes, go out there. I want my dad to be remembered and supports what you're doing. And you, Lenny Bruce was all about truth, as you mentioned. And the show that you're in is about the truth of Lenny Bruce. And it's sometimes an uncomfortable truth. It's very funny, but sometimes an uncomfortable truth. And I want to talk about that when we come back with Ronnie Marmo here on WGN. Ronnie Marmel plays Lenny Bruce, North Shore Center for the Performing Arts. Uh, Ronnie will be there September 9th at 2 o'clock and again at 8 o'clock. But that's it. Just two performances September 9th up in Skokie. Uh, Ronnie, Lenny Bruce couldn't have been a more complicated character, a character that's been brought back now on television uh, in the Netflix show uh, that, that I can't think of the name of at the moment, but I'm sure you know, were you surprised to see that Lenny Bruce has been resurrected in a sense? Yes. I mean, it's uh, it was a huge blessing when Lenny showed up on this Maisel show. Because thank you. That's Marvelous the name of Mrs. It. Yes, thank you. I couldn't think of the name of it. Yes. It's all good. It's, it was on Amazon Prime, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. Okay, so I had everything and, uh, wrong. It was So it wasn't on Netflix. It was no, on Amazon. No, it's all good. It's all good. Yes. Hey, listen, it's it's super cool that Amy uh, Palladino, uh, the creator of Maisel, obviously had a, has a thing for Lenny, which I love. And so the Lenny Bruce character was introduced on that show, and they did a very good job with it. And, you know, it's different than my show. My show is much more edgy and controversial. But I'm so grateful that they introduced Lenny's name to an entire generation of people. You know, even... even uh, even even uh, really young guys like Paul Lisnick, uh, he uh, even even our mutual friend can you know now knows about Lenny because of that show. Yeah, in fact, he uh, he gave Lenny his start, I believe, Mister Lisnick, <laughs> who, who will be on this show in a couple of weeks talking politics, and uh, I don't know, we'll feed him Jello or do something to keep him awake. Uh, but aside yeah, from hey. from Mister Lisnick, I want to talk about Lenny Bruce's complicated life, and it was. It was complicated, even more complicated than Lisnick's, I guess. Absolutely, and and that was the thing about Lenny. Like he he was, you know, he was a complicated human being, which is why 
he was the perfect guy to lead this charge because he he had lots of thoughts and lots of ideas and didn't want to just he didn't want to just like get in line and he wasn't like you know a rebel for rebel cause he just he just wanted to talk about these issues and people just didn't really know what to do with him you know and 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 that's the problem i mean i think people were so threatened i mean the first time he got arrested was in chicago in 1962 he got arrested in a place called the gate of horn directly across the street from Mr. Kelly's. It's no longer there. Uh, but the Gate of Horn, and he was arrested for doing a bit called Religions Incorporated. And it didn't have one curse word or anything. And they, uh, a Catholic cop was offended and because he had the Pope Jewish and he had a whole thing. You know, it was very funny. And the, and, and the cop was offended. They arrested him, and he was charged on obscenity. He eventually, the, the, the conviction eventually got overturned for Chicago, but he didn't have such luck in New York where he was arrested as well. So he, he took a beating, you know, he definitely took a beating. Well, he took a beating, but uh, he paid for that with a bit of substance abuse. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah, he definitely got caught up in, in the era. You know, a lot of his friends were musicians and jazz guys. In fact, that's kind of how he found his voice was through these great jazz musicians. He would play these dive dive bars and then suddenly you know uh he'd be telling the band these stories and then he'd turn around and just keep telling the audience so but yeah he was uh he was addicted and and sadly he passed away at 40 from an overdose yeah are, are is yeah. that why some of the bits that i i never put it together like this some of the bits that he did uh were with music in the background is that because of his love of jazz well he said he he saw himself as a jazz musician with the microphone. That's why his words like, you know, he was very lyrical man. And he like, you know, had a whole thing, you know? And so he said that he was like Charlie Parker. He said, I would grab the microphone and blow, blow, blow. (laughs) And so he, and and he, and he, he saw it that way. Yeah. He saw himself as a jazz musician with words. So your show is of course not ad lib. It's, 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 it's a show and you've got, you've got lines and you deliver those lines. How much of what he did was ad lib? Oh, a ton of it. A ton, a ton, a ton. Yeah. Well, my show, you know, it's a 90 minute monologue, the one man show. Um, and, and I'm a little hoarse right now because I just did three performances the last three days. And Joe Montaigne showed up yesterday. My beautiful director came to Laguna Beach. And I know he's Chicago's favorite son. Absolutely. And so he directed the show. When he sh- when he comes, I, you know, reach down even deeper and show off a little for my guy. So uh but i do leave a little room for improv there's two sections in the show where if the audience is really participating and holding me up we we go to another place with some of this material well that's great what did you learn from watching lenny bruce which you did i'm sure i would imagine over and over and over and that's one question it's a two-parter why continue to do this show i know people pay you for it but beside that what is it about this show that is so appealing to you? Well, I learned a whole bunch. And what people usually say to me is like, and it sounds a little sticky or a little spiritual, but they say, Ronnie, you're actually just, you're channeling this guy. You're channeling Lenny. It's not even like an acting job. And I kind of feel like there's some truth to that. Like to to sit here and tell you every single thing that I've learned is really hard to do because at one point the thing just shifted. And Kitty Bruce always says, my dad's there with you. He's there. He's helping you. He's telling the story with you. You know, so there's something bigger than the show going on. And why do I keep doing it? Well, last night was my 426th performance. Wow. 
And, and that's a lot of times to do a one-man show. And it's still as fresh as ever. And the reason I keep doing it is a few reasons. One, it's a beast. It's a big show. It's overwhelming. I never feel like I really have it. And the other reason I keep doing it is because as an actor, I mean, I've been very blessed in my career, and I've been able to make a living at this for a couple of decades. But the truth is, like, to have something that I find so important, and so does everyone else, and it's a humongous acting uh, challenge, that's really hard to come by as an actor. You know, when you have my face, usually it's like, Vinny, get the bat, dodge phone call. You know, those are the roles you do. You know what I mean? Mr. You forgot your pickle. You know, those are the roles. What was that, Mr. You forgot your pickle? Yeah, like I work at the deli or something, you know. Okay. Like the guy, he, the guy bought a sandwich, and you know, you know. So, and I, that those are the roles I get, uh-huh. you know. And everyone, you know. And so, the idea that I'm doing something that is so important to me and to others is pretty wild. Pretty well, wild. So it, that's why I keep doing it. It is very cool. Uh, Saturday, September 9th at two o'clock and eight o'clock, North Shore Center for the Performing Arts. That's in Skokie. It's on Skokie Boulevard near Old Orchard Road, I believe. Check it out if you haven't seen this intense and very funny show. I'm not a comedian. I'm Lenny Bruce, perfectly titled. And in fact, if you want to heckle this performer, uh, you can just ask for a corned beef on rye, I guess. I don't know. That's very, very funny. Yeah, and if anybody wants a little more info, check out reviews from when we were in Chicago both times. Go to LennyBruceOnStage.com, and there's just a ton of info there. Perfect. Ronnie Marmo, congratulations to your daughter, and thank you so much. Thank you, Steve. I really appreciate it. I can't wait to see you in Chicago. Thank you so much. Thank you, sir. Ronnie Marmo.